0: All right, Trevor, say good morning. Let us begin. We have an incredibly beautiful daft ahead of us today. We begin by thanking our sponsor, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of ER, Yona and Shashi Ehrenfeld, for dedicating all the Sherman Drushals this month in memory of their grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron. Benjamin and Elise Walam, Natanya, and Ritzisaw for dedicating the and Drushals this month in memory of Moshe Chaim. Then Svi Hirsch, Zichrona Levracha, and our Week of Learning Sponsors, Ari and Hilly Lichterman, Li'iloi Nishmas, hilis mother, Racha Leia, Bas Ruvain, Meir, Zichron Levracha. We opened the merit of our Torah, Then Shamus will Aliyah, and the families in a chama. But with that, let us begin. We have a really incredible da'af ahead of us today. We have a lot to do today. par Hashem. So today's daf is Samech Gimel, but we are picking up on Samech Beis, Amut Beis 62B and we are picking up approximately 20 lines down from the top. So the Gemara says as follows, de Rabbi Our Mishnah does not reflect the view of Rabbi Yoshua, the Gemara suggests. Now remember again, our Mishnah said that halacha l'maysa, once a person has fulfilled the mitzvah, of So they are no, no longer obligated to go ahead and have children. So remember again, we saw Machlokas, which we didn't yet resolve, but we saw Machlokas about how does one fulfill the mitzvah peri Be shamai two boys, Beishelah, a boy and a girl. But everyone was unified in the approach of saying that halacha once you've fulfilled the mitzvah, there is no longer any obligation to further build one's family. Our Gimara just points out over here that there is an alternative view. And that's the view of Rabbi Yeshua. But this Rabbi Yeshua said, listen to this gemara." Rabbi Omer, If a person married a woman in his youth, and let's say again that what wife passed away or the marriage didn't work out, whatever the circumstances are, he should make sure to marry in his old age as well. Even if a person had children when he was young, you he should have children when he is old as well. What's the pshat? What's the pshat Shina Baboker Zara as Zaracha Ula erev Al Tanach Yodeka? Ki e Incha Eze Yaksha Hazet Oimz. What's the thing more is quoting the Pasik? From Kohalas, Baboker Zara as Zarecha, in the morning, sow your seed, Vila al Althanech Yadcha, Yadecha, excuse me, and in the evening. Do not withdraw your hand. In other words, just because you planted in the morning, do not stop planting in the evening. Now, I will say the planting over here, of course, Rabbi Yeshua's understanding as a metaphor. And the metaphor is for the creation of a family. Even if you created a family when you're young, don't stop creating that family when you are older. Don't withdraw your hand in the evening. Why not? And Rabbi Yeshua says something amazing. Because you don't know in life what will endure. What will endure? That's what you create in your youth. That's what you create in your old age. So because in life you never know what is going to endure, therefore what? Therefore what? Build, right? Create, right? We about a family. Create a family at all stages. I, and if both of them endure, if both of them endure, then tovim. Wonderful, good for you, good for you. So Rabbi Oshoah therefore takes this life view that a person should establish a family at all stages of life for one simple reason. A person never knows what is going to occur. A person never knows what is going to happen and therefore halacha never knows what is going to endure. Rabbi say, listen to this. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva takes this same sentiment. Rabbi say, here we go. Rabbi Akiva takes this same sentiment and applies it not as much to family planning or family building, I should say, but rather again to one's spiritual life as well. If a person learns Torah when they're young, a person should make sure to learn Torah when they're older as well. Because we will say, in other words, Rabbi Akiva says, a person should not rely on the spiritual accomplishments of their youth to sustain them through their old age. Even if you're spiritually accomplished when you're young, make sure to further those accomplishments in your old age. <speaking in Hebrew> Similarly, if a person went ahead and established students when he was young, a <speaking in Hebrew> person should make sure to establish students when he's old as well. <speaking in Hebrew> Zara as Zarecha. So we'll say Rabbi Akiva quotes the same passage. It's the same motif that right in, even, even if you sowed your seeds in the morning, continue to go ahead and sow the seeds in the evening. For at the end of the day, you never know what endures. So I we'll just want to point out Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yoshua taking this same theme, but really utilizing it in two dramatically different ways. Rabbi Yoshua is using it in terms of how one structures their family life. Even if you had children when you're young, have children when you're old. Even if you are married when you're young, make sure to be married when you're old. Right? Because in life, you have to keep building your mishpacha because you never know what happens over the course of life. Rabbi Akiva takes the same sentiment, but applies it to Ruchnius. Even if you're spiritually accomplished when you're young, make sure to continue spiritual accomplishments in your old age. You me them when you're young. Make tamidim in your old age. You all say, here we go. Here we go. amru." Shnei masar elef zugim talmidim Hayul Akiva. Rabbi Ya'kiva had 12,000 pairs of students 24,000 talmidim Migvas Adantipris So Rashi points out over here That Gvas Adantipris Is Benayar and Salon Hayukulam These are two cities Two cities Right, two cities in Eretz From one end of Eretz Yisrael To the other end of Eretz Yisrael The kulon Suba aparek Echad mit meis shelo and all twenty-four thousand Tamidim died because they did not exhibit proper honor to one another. Vahaya olam shamim, and the world was desolate. And I want to say, what's the shot? The world was desolate. Remember again, Rabbi Akiva's students. This was the olam haTorah. This was the olam haTorah. This was the world of Torah. This was this. What was this represented? Practically the entirety of the Torah community. They were wiped out. At Sheba, Rabbi Akiva, Itza, Rabbi Oshe, Nusha, So I will say, after the last of Rabbi Akiva's students passed away, Rabbi Akiva once again came to a new group of rabbis in the south of Eretz Israel, the Hashem, and he taught them. And who was this new group? Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Shimon. That's Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Lazar ben Shamua, The Haim, Haim, Haimidu Torah Oseh And I will say, it was from these five students that Rabbi Akiva rebuilt the entire Torah community. So Tana, the Gemara says, when did they die? Tana kula mesum, me Pesach va'ad atzeres. They all died between Pesach and Shalos so, we'll Again, incredible, incredible that we're learning. This Gemara today, 23rd day of the Om Rebosai, we'll this is the story that occurred during these days. This is the Avelos of Svirah the death of Rabbi Akiva's 24,000 Talmidim. So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. They all died from a very difficult death. So we'll say, Askara is the, is, the, is the disease that the Gemara describes that the airway constricts. And that's how a person ultimately dies, a very, a very serious death. So I will say, there's so much to say about this Gemara, but I just want to point out two things. Number one, that how amazing is it when Rabbi Akiva comes along and says, Lama bi'alduso, Asulo bi'alduso, yasa that even if you're accomplished in your youth, make sure to have accomplishments in your old age. Rabbi Akiva is saying that because Rabbi Akiva lived that, right? Rabbi Akiva lost, every, remember, remember the story of Rabbi Akiva's life? The story of Rabbi Akiva's life was, he starts with nothing, Amasses, amasses an incredible spiritual fortune, incredible spiritual success, loses everything, loses everything, and then once again builds back. So I'll say, you know, sometimes you know, you know, sometimes like people give you advice, and it sounds like very nice advice, but the truth is, it's not really advice that it comes. It's advice that comes from knowledge, but not necessarily life experience. And then you get sometimes advice that comes from real life experience and how meaningful that is, when Rabbi Akiva says this in the Gemara Bozai, he says it because he lived it. He says it because he practiced it. Rabbi Akiva is one who teaches us that life is sold with ups and downs and you have to keep building and you have to keep growing and you have to keep amassing and you have to keep, keep accomplishing and even when you fall down flat on your face and you lose everything, find the courage to get back up, start all over and literally build yourself back again, build yourself up again. That's Rabbi Akiva. I will say, number two, and again, we don't have time to get into it now, but I just want to point out, you know, th- there's so much commentary on what this means that the Akiva students were not knowing kavod ze'laze, that they, they, didn't, they didn't exhibit honor to one another. I've always told to will say, whatever it means, whatever it means, it means what it says, which is, they weren't respectful to each other. They weren't respectful to each other. But will say, it doesn't mean that they hurt each other, it doesn't mean that they harmed each other, it doesn't mean... It means they weren't respectful to each other. So we'll say, the truth is, we know what this means because this is reflective of a greater society in which we live, where one of the things that's most acutely lacking is just the common respect to people, just, just an ability to dialogue with dignity, an ability to go ahead and respect people even if they have differing views or differing opinions. And we'll say, how incredible is it, 24,000 Talmidim passed away, not because they ate Tarfus and not because of Chil Shabbos, and not because of Lashon Nara, and not because of this, because they weren't nice. Because they weren't nice. We have to be nice. You have to be nice to people. You don't have to like people. You don't have to be friends with people. You don't have to agree with people. But we have to learn to be nice. To be ballet derech eretz. Who know how to just act in a pleasant way with other people. That is the simple avoda of sefirah. To become people who are knowing becoved, Who treat other people with derech eretz. That's all. That's all. You don't have to be a Rivki menu and water all of their camels, right? You don't have to do that. But Lamaes, just to be nice to every single person, have a mikabalist kol adam, besedre pami Let's go back there. Says much more to say about this. Nachman. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Ramasna. Halakha Rav Yoshua. Rav says that Lacha is like Rav Yoshua. the the Sayyid, that Halacha Lamaes, even if someone did have children, even if someone did have children, it's still good for him to marry again and to try to have more children. So the Gemara says, Amraptan khumba khanilay, call some beautiful Gemaras about marriage. So call Adam Shain lo isha Any person who is without a wife is lives without simcha. They will saying. now what does that mean? No, no simcha. Person has simcha it means a person's simcha in life is not the same if he's not married. Below bracha below Tova, so the Gemara goes through each of these, below simcha. what does it mean if, he, if he's not married he doesn't have simchah, below bracha, what does it mean ultimately that halokha l'mayis elizelah bracha, so I will say the trashas are all the same, wherever you see the word bias or ohel, the Gemara understands it to be a metaphorical allusion to marriage, to, to a wife, below tovah, without good, it's not good for a person to be alone. I will say, I'll just point out, Remembering yesterday's daf, I mentioned it, Rabbi Soloveitchik, spoke about this concept that there are two aspects to marriage. There's the procreative aspect and then there's the companionship aspect. So I will say these Gemaras are a clear raya, are a clear proof, that there's a strong companionship aspect to marriage as well. Because if you notice, by the way, these statements so you have nothing to do with procreation, have nothing to do with having children, have to do with the fact that having a sense of companionship in life provides one again with bracha, with simkot, all of these things. But Ma'arava say, listen to this. And Eretz, Yisrael, he used to say that if a person doesn't have a wife, Amri, below Torah, below he doesn't have Torah and he doesn't have a wall. Below Torah, so, I will say, so interestingly, what does it mean that man is Torah? So, I say, what it means is that having a wife and having the stability of a home gives a person a stronger platform upon which to build himself spiritually. And without that, without that, One's rochnius is not the same. Below Chama, without a wall, the nekeva desovev gever. Rebbe says it's actually pretty incredible. Without a wall, it means that a wife serves as a certain form of protection, of protection, ultimately for her husband. Rebbe says, i tell you something absolutely beautiful. The Marsha comments on this and you know what he says? Where it goes to nekeva gever. Literally, a woman will circle a man. Rebbe says. The Marasha says, this is where the minag of, the kala, circling the chasan under the chuppah comes from. Nekeva to sovev gever. And I will say, the idea being over here that halacha ma'isa. Why, why, does, why does the wife go ahead and circle the husband? Literally, she's the wall of the marriage. She's the wall of the home. And I will say, that wall is in a variety of different ways, right? That, that ultimately, again, she could be a wall of morality, a wall of spirituality. Different marriages function in different ways and different people have different strengths. But Lamaisid is the job of a wife, or the is the job, the role of a wife and the power of a wife to be that protective wall around her husband. Rav Ula Amar below Shalom. Person doesn't have wife, he doesn't have shalom. We'll say first of the widest lines at the bottom. So we'll say person has w doesn't have a wife, he resides without shalom. So we'll say, so ultimately, again, the idea being a wife, a marriage, provides all of these tangible and intangible benefits to her husband. Nikrachotib was the interesting gemara. Any man who knows that his wife is a Yarei Shamayim. The Ina pokta means that halacha lamaysa, he's not intimate with her, he's called a chote. It's very interesting. So so the idea being that if a man has a wife who has qualities of being a Yarei Shamayim, there's always a mitzvah to be intimate with one's wife, but she possesses strong spiritual qualities. The need to bond with her in that physical and intimate way is even more acute. emar, A man is obligated to be with his wife before he travels. emar, The idea being that before a man travels, Ultimately, again, his wife is going to miss him. Hopefully his wife is going to miss him. So there is a mitzvah to go ahead and be intimate with one's wife before one goes ahead and travels. So the Gemara says, We learn that from somewhere else. We'll say So we learn over here that often when a husband travels, a wife misses her husband. So it's actually interesting halacha. That the mitzvah to go out and be intimate with one's wife before one travels actually is, 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 usurps another halacha, which our says as follows, that even if it's Samoch, even if it's close to her vesas, the Vessas is the time that she expects her period, the time that she, that she expects to become a Nida, the Kama, Amarava amara Ona. Our said, listen to this, the halacha is as follows, the halacha is as follows, normally, again, without getting into actual halachos Nida, from the Gemara's perspective, is like this, let's say a woman for a moment has a regular cycle and so she expects to become a either. let's say at a particular day of the month we'll keep it easy she gets her period every actually uh, not this, every 30th day every 30th day so we'll say if she's exceptionally regular she even though she gets it the 30th day by day that daytime is called an ona Normally, the halacha is a couple is supposed to abstain from relations. That ona, that period that she's expecting to become a nida. So she be to become a nida on the daytime of the 30th day. They should abstain. Really, we often abstain even an additional ona before that. But okay, that ona. However, if a husband is traveling, he's permitted to be with his wife during that ona, during that time in which she is expecting to become a nida, as long as, of course, she has not yet become a nida say this is only true if he's going ahead and traveling for rishos, for non-mitzvah purposes. mitzvah, listen to this, but if the husband's traveling, ledvar mitzvah, then mitridi. Then rabbi say we assume that he's preoccupied with the mitzvah and he does not have an obligation to go ahead and be with his wife. Then rabbi say something very interesting. If you look at Rashi, it's about uh, six lines up from the bottom. Rashi says, Rashi says, So I will say, ultimately, again, when do we say that a husband is obligated to be with his wife before he goes ahead and travels? That's only if he's traveling for what we'll call optional purposes. But if he's traveling for mitzvah purposes, he doesn't have an obligation to be with his wife before he travels, right? Because ultimately, again, it could be that he's preoccupied with the mitzvah. I will say, Rashi says something very interesting. The other possibility is, that we're afraid that what's going to happen, he's going to get too involved with his wife and he's going to forget about the mitzvah. So we'll say, so either, either two possibilities, right? Either, again, he's too preoccupied with the mitzvah, therefore can't be intimate with his wife, or he's going to be too preoccupied with the, with the intimacy and forget about the mitzvah. Okay, either way, we'll say, I'll just point out over here, also the Marsha brings down one more piece on the, on the, the Gimara that says, that if a man knows that his wife is a yare shamayim that he's supposed to be intimate with her marsha mm-hmm. mm-hmm. also says that sometimes a husband has to know that perhaps his wife is too reserved to ask him for intimacy right and therefore again sometimes also, you know sometimes you know sometimes it's an issue in shalom bayis as well about about who who initiates intimacy, right? Sometimes a husband wants a wife to, a wife wants a husband to, so really the obligation is upon a husband, is upon a husband especially if a husband knows that his wife may be a little bit more reserved in these areas, a husband has to be the initiator, and a husband has to be the one who ultimately makes his wife feel wanted. Both we'll say it's incredible. You know, one of the reasons we learned Gemara is the <laughs> It's incredible, about that we have a Torah that addresses everything, that addresses absolutely everything, and how to lead meaningful and fulfilling lives, literally in every aspect and arena of existence. Incredible. Both say the Gemara goes right to turn Rabbanon. Both say such a beautiful Gemara. Last two lines, samech beizim and if a man loves his wife like his own body, but he honors her more than his own body. So we'll say, listen to, this, listen to these words. are supposed to love your wife as much as you love yourself. When it comes to honoring her, give her more honor than you need yourself. Now, so we'll say, sometimes a person says, I don't need COVID. I don't need COVID, right? That's fine if you don't need COVID. Your wife needs COVID. And not, not from, from you. From you, so even if you don't need any covered, say, your wife needs a lot of covered from you. Give her more covered than what you need. What a profound gemara, and one who leads his children on the right path, derech Ishara. I will say this is such an incredible yesod, The chazal are telling us you can't be a hands-off parent. Good parenting requires active direction. It is not permitted to say my kids will figure it out. Uh, Obviously, when they get to a certain age, then they do have to figure it out. But Lamaisa, when they're young, a parent has to be on top of their children's chinuch. You have to be madrig. You have to lead. You cannot assume that children can figure it out that's why they're children and they have you, so that you could help them figure it out. Majrik Ban I will say this so hard to raise from Shamayim children in this day and age. And, it, and it, even if you could try everything, and it doesn't always work, But said at least at least, set out a clear and defined derech, articulate a path in Avodas Hashem. Create a lifestyle that has a chance of success. Bidar kishara masin Pirkan is interesting. Marry off your children young, right? Samoch lapirkhan is interpreted in different ways. For our purposes right now, it means get your children married off young. I love Akas of Omer about such a person who fulfills all of these dictums. Life, right? You'll have shalom, and you'll have shalom in your in your den. So we'll say it's actually interesting. So apparently, the recipe for shalom, recipe for shalom, is love your wife as much as you love yourself, honor her more than you honor yourself, lead your children actively, lead your children down a right path of life, marry them off early. If you could just do these things. Everything is perfect. That's it, right? <laughs> that, that's it, right? That, that's the recipe to successful living, the Gemara says. We'll say similarly again, person who loves his neighbors, loves his neighbors, keeps his relatives close to him, No se as also, marries his niece, okay? Tap of Gimel, and lends money to a poor person in a time when he's in need. I love a of Omer, About <speaking in Hebrew> such a person, about such a person, when they reach out to a baruch Hu for help, the ribono shel olam will be there for them. So I will say the, the idea over here is also, if you think about it, the oyv eshchin, a person who loves his neighbors and keeps his relatives close, this is a person who's looking out for other people. That's what this is. Loving your neighbors doesn't just mean you like them. Loving your neighbors means you help your neighbors. See, so you help those around you. You help your relatives. Even the idea, no se basa choso. Rashi says over here, last Rashi on, on Amad Be'ez, So apparently, again, from the Gemara's perspective, a person is closer to his sister than he is to his brothers. And therefore, again, he'll have a special affinity for his niece. You're allowed to marry your niece. So apparently, if you marry the daughter of your sister... Lemaisa that makes for a stronger marriage. Okay, we, we could write that off to a singular opinion. I don't know that that's what call. Right? But, but the, the idea, I will say, is be the kind of person, be the kind of person who is there for others. Be there for your neighbors. Be there for your relatives. Be there for your siblings. Be there for the Ani in his time of need. And if you are there for other people in their time of need, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be there for you, Rebbe will say, "This is the Baal Shem code. This principle of Hashem Tzilcha. Hashem is our shadow. The concept of divine reciprocity. Whatever I do for others is what Hashem does for me. Be the kind of person who everyone knows that guy is there for anyone. It doesn't have to be anyone, but at least someone in their time of need. Your neighbors, your relatives, your siblings." The pauper be the kind of person who rises to the occasion in a time of need, and a Baruch who will be there for you when you need him. Incredible, incredible. The Gemara goes, Viter. Amr Abdulazar, call Adam She'in Lo Isha, Eno Adam. So the Gemara says, well, say the rest is just a mnemonic. So the Gemara says, Adam She'in Lo Isha, Adam. Any person who is not married is not a complete person. Shana'am Arzacha Keva Baraham. I will say, this is fascinating. Any Jew, right? What kind of Jew doesn't own real estate, right? So let's say, any person who doesn't own karka, who doesn't own real estate, is not a person, right? Is not a full Adam. Now, we'll say, you'll see what this means in just a moment. So interesting, right? The heavens was given to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, but the earth was given to man. So I will say, we'll see again on, on a basic level, on a basic level we're going to see that ownership of Karka gives one some basic level of financial security. So the idea, the Gimara says, and what does it mean to be Adam? To be Adam means a mensch. What do you need in life to feel like a mensch? To feel like a mensch? Some level of financial security. A person doesn't have to be wealthy, but a person needs some level of knowing that their finances are taken care of in order to be an Adam. as Azer Kenegdo. is such a beautiful Gimara. What does Munapasik says? Hashem says about Adam, I'll make him an Azer, an Azer, a helpmate. Kenegdo corresponding to him or opposite him. Zacha o If a man is worthy, then his wife will be a helpmate. Lo Zacha. If he is not worthy, k'negdo. Ultimately, again, she will be opposite him. A source, a source of, a, a, a contrarian source in his life. By the way, what's also pretty amazing about this Gemara is what, what, what do you think, what is it that Chazalah is trying to highlight over both which is actually interesting. Again, I, I, I think what Chazalah is often saying is when there are problems in a marriage, a husband has to first look at himself. Husband has to first look at himself. And has to, you know, because we'll say the, the, the natural, the reflexive posture in general when there's a problem in life is that we like to deflect, right? Who's Who, who's pro- who, who did something? Who, right, who did something? So what Chazal is saying is, very often the tone in a marriage is a reflection of a man's spiritual standing. If I'm holding in the right place in life, often my marriage will reflect that and if I'm not holding in the right place in life often my marriage will reflect that it's a profound you sowed so sometimes when things aren't going as they should be instead of kind of like the knee-jerk reaction of deflecting and looking towards my spouse I have to look in the mirror and ask myself am I spiritually am I firing on all cylinders Am I doing everything I need to be doing? Is that could it possibly be that because I'm in a state of personal disrepair, that that's coming out in my marriage as well? An incredible you sood. So to contrasts the two psukim. On one hand, it says kinegdo, or I should say kanugdo, the karinan I will say now knuckdo literally means flogging or getting lashes, right? So it's vocalized, when you look at the word, it can be read as kinugdo, But you know, as kinagdo, zaha, kinagdo, lo zaha, min, 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 min gadaso. We'll say, if ultimately again, if a man is zoha, ultimately again, his wife will be opposite him, helping him. If not, marriage is like an ongoing set of lashes, right? So I will say, so again, it's the same, you sewed just a different kind of drusha that the nature and quality and tone of the marriage is a direct reflection of the husband's spiritual preparedness. I will say, incredible. Get ready for this. <laughs> incredible, Gemara. Rabbi Yossi found, he ran into and Avi. He ran into him. So Listen to this, I will say. So Rabbi found Eliyahu. tell me. Hosik says, ezer Hashem. Hashem, said to Adam, I'm going to make you a helpmate in ezer. So Bemar Adam? Rabbi Yossi says to Elio, tell me, how does a wife help out her husband? I guarantee you his wife was not there when he asked this question, right? She was nowhere to be found, right? So he's just asking Elio, come on, come on, really, how, how does a wife help out? So Amrale, listen to what Elio and Abhi say, Adam mevi chitin, chitin a man brings home wheat, can you eat wheat? Can you eat wheat? In other words, so the wife takes the wheat, grinds it into flour, makes bread. Pishtan, a man brings home flax. Pishtan, lovish, can you wear flax? Right? A woman has to take, a wife has to take the flax and make it into clothing. Lo nimtseis me'ira'inav araglov. So don't you see that a wife illuminates the vision of her husband and helps him stand on his feet? So Terebo is saying, I think that this delusion here is very interesting, right? Because remember again, you have a similar, Rabbi tell me, how does a wife really help out her husband? So the and gives like very practical answers. You can't eat wheat. You can't wear flax. Husband brings home the wheat. Wife makes it into bread. Husband brings home the flax. The wife makes it into clothing. But Terebo says, you see from here, she illuminates his eyes. Right? And she helps him stand on his feet. Perhaps Eliana was saying like this. Rabbi re- 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 is asking a simple question. So Eliana, first gives him simple answers. You want to know what your wife does for you? Tell me. D- doesn't she make you food? Right? Doesn't she provide you with food? Doesn't she provide you with clothing? Those are simple everyday things. Once you see the simple everyday things that your wife does for you, you begin to realize the really big things that your wife does for you. See, once you realize the food and once you realize the clothing, you know what else she does? Mi'ira enov. We'll say, how often does it happen that in a good marriage, a wife allows a husband to see things that he was unable to see on his own. So often we get caught up, like in our own Dalaramis, we see things for what they are and a wife offers the incredible ability to step out of ourselves, to allow me to see something. I can't step, it's hard for me to step out of myself. But my wife could see things in a way that I can't see them. And she's able to say them to me in a way that no one else could say it. That's Me'ira Einov. A wife is able to illuminate the eyes of her husband. How many times has it happened? That we fall down in life. We fall, we fail, and sometimes no one else knows our failures except our spouse. And no one else knows our missteps except our spouse. And in a good marriage, A wife is able to help her husband get back up in a way that no one else can. So, Eliana says, Eliana says, really, Rabbiosi, you don't know what your wife does for you? Well, first of all, on just a basic level, let's start with the simple stuff. She gives you food and she gives you clothing. But come on, she also helps you see things for what they are. She illuminates your eyes and she helps you get back up when you fall down in life. I will say that is the power. That is the power of a nurturing marriage. So, remember again, so after, the creates Chava, so ultimately, Adam says this time, with Chava, this time, she is a bone from my bones and flesh from my flesh. Shaba so said, this doesn't literally mean that Adam had relations with every single animal. What it means is that Adam, Adam tried a connection with every single animal. And again, I saying, Adam, remember, Adam knows, it's fascinating that Adam knows innately that he is not supposed to be alone in this world. So he tries to establish a connection with all of the animals. And there was no connection. At until Chava came along. And finally, Adam felt that connection. We'll say switching gears a little bit. What does Hashem says to Avram Avinu? And through you, right? And through you, all of the families of the world shall be blessed. there are two beautiful brachos that will come from you. Rus So we'll say this is incredible. Rus, from Moab, and Naama. Naama, who was the father, who, right, who was, sorry, who was who was the mother of Rehavam, Ultimately, again, from Ammon. So I'll say, even, in other words, from Armavinu, from Avram even Armavinu's lineage applies even, not directly through the Jewish people, even at Ammon in Moab, right? So from Lot, Avram's nephew, are also descendants, are also descendants of Armavinu. So the Gemara goes right there. The Gemara says, a beautiful Gemara. All of the bracha in the world that comes to all of the nations that inhabit the earth, all bracha comes through Klal Yisrael. The world is blessed because of us. So the Gemara says, Even the boats that come from Galia to Aspamia are only blessed because of because of Am Yisrael. This, each of these Gemara's is so overwhelming. But the idea of the Gemara is saying over here is that how we behave as a nation has a direct impact upon the entire world. The bracha felt by the entire world comes through Am Yisrael. Comes comes through Am Yisrael, when we do our part, the world is better. When we don't do our part, chas v'shalom, the world is compromised. But bracha, bracha flows through Am Yisrael to the rest of the nations of the world, we listen to this schema. Ramal we'll Lazar, asid We're supposed to say third wide line. We're we'll to this. in, in times of Mashiach, asidim called umnios shiym do Listen to this. say when Mashiach comes, everyone's going to leave their respective professions, and everyone's going to become a farmer. Everyone's going to work the land. Shnei amar vayardu mi ani osayim kol tovse kol mashut melachim kol chol liayam ala arz yamodu. It's incredible. So right, everybody's going to give up their professions. The sailors are going to give up their boats. Everyone gives up their professions and becomes a farmer. So we'll say, that's the most Mashiach. This is strange. There is no worse profession than farming. Okay. I'll say, this is not exactly like a great sales pitch for the Messianic era. Right, so here we just have when Mashiach comes, everyone's going to become a farmer. And by the way, there's no worse job in the world than farming. Take a look at Yashia, we'll say, Sheyam Everyone's going to give up their professions in order to go ahead and become farmers. Yet, the Imam says, there's ultimately, again, no worse profession than farming. Rabbalazar once saw a field, the farmer planted cabbage widthwise. Now, both say, obviously, if you want to maximize your field, you plant lengthwise, not widthwise. So Rabbi Laleh says to the farmer, even if you uproot your cabbage and replant it, it's still better to do business than it is to do farming. You'll make much more money in business than you'll make in farming. <speaking> in <foreign language> Rav once went into a grain field and he saw that there were so many stalks and the wind was blowing and the stalks were blowing back and forth and it looked like such a beautiful, bountiful, plentiful field. <speaking in foreign language> he says to the grain, he says to the stalks, you know what? No matter how much you blow, right? No matter how much you sway, business is still more profitable than you. Shabbos we'll say one more piece. be iska. If you have a hundred zuz invested in business, call yoma you'll be eating meat and drinking wine every single day. azuzi baara, If you have a hundred zuz invested in farming, right? In farming in land, the you'll be eating sprouts with salt. Right? Same idea. oud. Ella ara tigri. Furthermore, if you're if you're in farming, if you're in farming, ultimately again you have to sleep in your field in order to protect it. And ultimately, again, your creditors are always chasing you. Always chasing you. So, I will say, so the Gemara says, So the says, so, so, so what's the shot? Right, so what, what's the pshat? That in the messianic era everybody becomes farmers and yet right after that the Gemara says right afterwards, right afterwards, farming is the worst profession. So I'll we'll say, so the simple pshat could be that maybe the Gemara is reflecting the idea that the messianic era is a more miraculous era and therefore again the problems of farming go away. Right? Right, right, part of the challenge of farming is you work and you never know what you're going to get. Perhaps in Moshe again there'll be more miraculous farming and those issues won't occur. I will say, but perhaps it's a different pshat as well. As difficult as farming is, there is no profession that is as good for one's yiras shamayim as farming. Because I will say, the farmer knows more than anyone, more than anyone, that if I don't have HaKadosh Baruch Hu's assistance, there is no parnas. say, those of us who work other jobs or do other forms of business, we know it theologically as well but it's easy, to, it's easy to forget that. The farmer knows, like if it doesn't rain, if it doesn't, and, and there's nothing he could do to, to bring the rain, right? He could daven, he could daven, and that's it. The farmer, the farmers are amongst the most pious because they are wholly, fully, and totally reliant on HaKadosh Baruch perhaps when the Gemara says that in the Messianic era we're gonna become farmers, maybe it's not a literal statement, farmers, but maybe it's saying we're gonna be like farmers. In other words, a part of the hallmark of the Messianic era is a recognition of the full and total reliance on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We strive for this every single day. This is how the Shulchan Aruch opens up. The first line of the Shulchan Aruch. Arach Chaim. S'men Aleph. Sif Aleph. Shivisi Hashem LeNegdi Hikla Godel Bat The idea ultimately is again to live a life of constant God awareness. But it's difficult. It's difficult. It's easy to fall into the trap of Kohiva Otsem Yadi, not the farmer. Not the farmer. The farmer is fully and acutely aware that he is forever dependent on the good graces of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In Yemosa Mashiach, you know what happens? We all become farmers. We all become acutely aware that we are fully, wholly, and totally dependent on Hashem. Incredible. Says the Gemara, I suppose it is incredible. Rav Papa says, it is better to plant your own food, right? Plant your own food and go ahead and live based right on what you plant. Then to buy produce. Because we'll say, even though, again, it might be the same, and even the cost might be the same, that which you plant with your own hands, ultimately, again, is blessed. And we'll say, what an incredible use. so You know what the Rapa was saying? It is so much better in life to be self-sufficient than to have to rely on others. So the, the metaphor over here is farming, right? So if you go out and you plant your own food, even if you're not saving any money, you're not reliant on merchants. You're not reliant on merchants. So it might be a good farming lesson, I both say, but it's also an incredible life lesson. Be self-sufficient don't be dependent on other people because the moment that a person is dependent and beholden others I will say that's a dangerous spot to be in in life therefore the gimara says plant your own food chart your own course take the reins of your own existence and don't have to rely on others incredible so ultimately again it's right go ahead and sell sell Rashi says over here. Rashi says, "Better to go ahead and sell your own possessions, use the money for business purposes, and don't have to rely on s'daka." Sahanimili bistarki. That refers to like your household possessions. Avaglima lo. But we'll say when it comes to selling your items, don't sell your clothing, don't sell your cloak. Why? The Gemara says, because perhaps I will say, everyone's going to need a cloak. And perhaps when you need a cloak, you're not going to find the same quality of the one that you have. So in other words, sell off your possessions in order to have some venture capital, right? To be able to do business to support yourself, but don't sell your clothing. I will say it's also saying like this I will say that a person has to do a lot of things in order to earn parnosa. Your clothing also represents your personal dignity. Don't sell your personal dignity for financial gain, right? Don't go ahead and sell your clothing ultimately, to get ahead financially in this world. You might have to sell some stuff, right? You might have to make some sacrifices to be successful in this world, but never sacrifice your personal dignity because that's not the type of success that is enduring. Incredible. The Gemara says, Tum v'lo <laughs> Another incredible Gemara. But will say, Tum v'lo Listen to this. What does that mean? Tum v'lo Look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. Listen. This will say. Let's say a person has a wall, and there's a hole in the wall. So I will say there are two ways that you could repair the. So the Gemara says, "Tum which means just plug the hole. Now I will say, what does that mean? Sometimes, if you have a hole in the wall, what you could do is cut out a bigger hole, right, and fill it back in with bricks and mortar. The Gemara says. The Gemara says. That ultimately, if there's a hole, just plug the hole. Just plug the hole. Don't start cutting out sections of the wall to try to fill it. I will say, So, tum tishbas, shabos if you feel you need to cut out a bigger part of the wall to fill it in, cut out a bigger part of the wall. But ultimately, again, don't knock it down and rebuild it from scratch. Why? Because I will say, ultimately, again, everyone knows. Those who engage in building, building is a losing proposition, right? Apparently, builder, build, right? building construction is a loss leader. So, we'll say, so therefore, again, the Gemara says, try to get by, try to get by on smaller projects. So I will say, what it also says is something amazing. I will say sometimes, also the metaphor of the hole in the wall, we, sometimes in life, there's a little something that's broken, right? a little something that's broken. So we will say, you know what happens sometimes, like when we have to do something in life? we begin to devise strategies. This is, oh, there's a hole in my life edifice. Okay, here's, here, here, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. First of all, let's get a focus group together. Let's get some ideas, how we're gonna fix this, how we're gonna do this. And oh, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna change this, I'm gonna change that, I'm gonna start this, I'm gonna stop this, I'm gonna move here, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna cut out this section. Just plug the hole, just plug the hole. If there's a problem in life, just address it. Don't get fancy. You don't have to create a whole new system of living. You don't have to go in and create a whole new hashkaf, a whole new, this whole new lifestyle. If there's a hole in life, just plug the hole. Don't remove a section. Don't engage in a home improvement, a personalistic home improvement project. Just plug the hole. They're going to say subconsciously, no, I don't plug the hole Why we love to make plans and cut out sections because they're we'll to say it's kicking the can down the road because here's the great part. You see, plugging the hole can be done in five minutes. Cutting out a section requires a whole lot of voda. The great part about the Abode is I don't have to fix the problem right now. I can talk about fixing the problem, right? I can theorize. I can draft plans for fixing the problem. I can do anything but fix it. Chazal said, if there's a hole in your wall, just plug the hole. Such an incredible use sword. Let's go back there. Muscle, listen to this. We'll like, kofitz, zavinara. We'll say if there's land for sale, buy it. Buy it. Okay, real estate advice, right? If there's a land for sale, right? land for sale, buy it. Will say, you see, again, Chazal have this real like, infatuation with land ownership. Because the idea is land ownership provides a person with a certain level of life security. Of life security, again, whether it's from like a, an actual food perspective or some other, again, I, I have possessions. As much as you're supposed to buy real estate quickly, Take your time with getting married. Now, that no, no, doesn't mean delay getting married. What it means is take your time with, in other words, choose an appropriate spouse. I <speaking in> was <Hebrew> say this is incredible. Better to marry down than to marry up. I will going what say, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? So I will say, look at Rashi. Noch is nasiv Lotikach mimcha. I will say, be careful about marrying a woman of a higher standing or a higher social order, higher financial order than yourself because perhaps you will never fully measure up in her eyes. I will say, it's a very, very profound Gemara that so, sometimes, sometimes if you know that, that a woman is coming from a particular place in life, you have, to be, you have to know, right? Are you ever going to be able to measure up to that which, which are her expectations? Sak darga. Basar Shoshvina. take a look at Rashi, Shoshvina, When it comes to a friend, when it comes to a friend, right, ultimately again, so so look up. In other words, sakyaga means go up a level. The is incredible. Surround yourself with people who are better than you. Right? Don't sura- I, so often I will say it's kind of comforting to surround myself with people who are in a lower standing than me for one simple reason. Why? Why? Makes me feel good about myself, right? So I will say, if I'm fromer than my friends, if I'm richer than my friends, I feel great, right? Everything is fantastic because I feel good. Surround yourself with people who are better than you. So I will say, so I, it's, it might be at first a little bit intimidating because say again, well, that person is learning more than I am. And that person is behaving better than I am. And maybe that person is even more successful than I am. But that's good. Surround yourself with people who are better than you. It pushes you to become a better version of yourself. Incredible. This is the converse of what we learned before. Punishment only comes to this world because of Klal Yisrael. So the the idea of Rabbi is the same way that bracha is kind of funneled through Klal israel. The converse is true as well. When we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, ultimately the world feels those repercussions as well. I will say, It teaches you, by the way, the incredible responsibility of being a yid. right? It's just it's awesome and overwhelming. Not only do we have a responsibility for ourselves and our families and our kehidu and our community and our people, but what we do has a direct impact on the entire world. So the Gemara says as follows, Rav hava miftam ravichiyah. Rav was once taking leave of Rabbi Chia. Amrelay <laughs> Rachmana litzlach mimidi Hashem should save you from a fate worse than death. Wow. So was, was listen to this. So so Rabbi Chiyah said, I'm sorry, so so Rav said, <laughs> Is there anything that's worse than death? <laughs> he said yes. right? I found something worse than death say. What's that? What's that? A bad marriage. A bad marriage. A bad marriage is worse than death for the simple reason death only happens once. Right? A bad marriage, a bad marriage, I will say, ultimately again, has its repercussions each and every day. Rav, must listen to this story. Rav, these are incredible stories. Rav had a really difficult wife. Right? I say, that literally it means Rav's wife pained him. Right, literally cost him tsar each and every day. What, what would she do? Whatever he would ask her for dinner, she would make him the opposite. Right, so he would say, Make for me, you know, make for me a uh, steak. She would make for him fish. Make for me fish. She would make for him steak. So the Gemara says, So we'll say, his son grew up. So what would happen? So Chia would know what his mother, what, right, he would know what his father wanted for dinner. So what he would just simply do is he would tell his mother the opposite. The son would tell him the opposite. So Chia knew, knew, knew that his father, that Rav, wanted steak. He would tell his mother, oh, you know, father wants fish. Father wants fish. So he would say, so, "So So Rav was really impressed because Rav finally saw, he thought that his wife was making him the dishes that he wanted. So, imach. so Rav commented to Chia, his son, wow, you know, your mother is. I see, really trying to, really trying to work on this marriage. So he says, "Dad, no, it's not mom. It's me. I, I just tell her the opposite. Right? I tell her the opposite of what you want, and that's how you get what you want." So Irav said, "You know, that's what people say. Sometimes your children become smarter than you." Right? So I was thinking. Why didn't I think of that? Right? Why, why didn't I just tell the opposite? So, however, listen to Shabbosay. But Rav then says to Chia, "Son, at lo you, my son, don't do this." In other words, you're lying to your mother. You're lying to your mother. So I'm asking you. I appreciate what you did, but I'm asking you not to engage in this behavior. So Rav says, listen to this. As appreciative as Rav was for what Chia his son did, at the end of the day, Rav says to Chia, "Don't do this." Don't do this because you're habituating yourself to lying and this is not appropriate. I will say, I'll just point out something amazing. We, think of it just a moment. Why does the Gemara have to tell us that Rav had a difficult marriage? Right? Why, like, it's such a personal piece of information that's here, right? All of Khalil's, I say, like, you know how many hundreds of thousands of Jews are learning about Rav's marriage today in that Yomi? Right? Hundreds of thousands of people. I will say, I don't want people knowing about what happens in my house, right? And, and here, Rav, Rav, everyone knows. Hosei, Chazalab teaching us that, by the way, having problems in marriage, you see, is, is normal. It's normal, it happens. And even great people have challenges in marriage, I will say, And even great people sometimes have rocky relationships, because relationships are difficult. Relationships, does this mean that their marriage was terrible for their entire lives? No. Were there many wonderful parts? We'll see. I will say, but but la Lamaissa, it is normal to encounter difficulty and challenge in marriage. And say sometimes you know, we said before that well, let's go back. There's so much to do here. Rabihia, have a kamitsala dvisu. Rabbi Chia, ultimately I'm gonna to switch to Ahmad Yomi. Rabbi Chia, have a kamitsala Rabbi Chia had a very difficult wife. Very difficult wife. And literally again, she made she made his life difficult. Mitzar Abosa means she gave him sar. Listen to this. but Whenever he would find something nice for in the marketplace, he would wrap it up in his scarf. What's, how beautiful is this? Whenever he would find a gift for his wife, he would, he would buy it for her and he would give it to her. So Rav, his soon said, it's also, it's also interesting how all of these stories are. Right? Rav himself, who had a difficult marriage, right, we just saw before. So Rav himself said to his Rebbe, Rebbe Chia, Lamar, she makes... Your life, miserable. She I say, by the way, what's also interesting is how people saw the difficulties in, their mar- like in, in these other people's marriages. So you know, i will say, normally, again, right? We, we, we always operate with the principle, don't argue in front of the kids, don't argue in front of other people, right? Everything should look like a storybook marriage. What happens in the house happens? It's interesting, I will say, how, again, there was a lot of transparency in these relationships as well. And it was so, Rav says to why are you buying her something? She makes your life so incredibly difficult. Um, early, so, listen to what Rabbi so Chia said. First of all, again, I will say, she raises my children. She's a good mother. She raises my children. And ultimately, again, she saves me from sin. I will say, saves me from sin is that a wife ultimately, again, provides a permissible outlet. Right for a man. He doesn't have to have improper, impure thoughts, because he's able to be intimate with his wife. So we'll see here what Rabbi Chi is saying. Rabbi Kiya is saying, do I have a storybook marriage? I a storybook marriage. Absolutely not. But you know what's the key to successful marriage is look for the positive. Look for the good. Look for the good. She saves me from sin, and ultimately she's a great mother. Is it difficult? There are difficulties. Are there challenges? Absolutely. But I will say, focus on that which is working well. Focus on the positive, and don't allow the negative to define the reality of the relationship. I will say it's overwhelming. It's absolutely overwhelming. So, so this is a pretty wild Gemara. So, this is a pretty wild quoted the passage <casting Bible address> that says, I found something more bitter than death, and it is a woman, right? A, man, like a terrible marriage. <laughs> so, we'll say, listen to this. So, Rav Yitzchak asks his, his father, Rabbi Huda, Father like who? To which he responds, <microbiology> Like your mother, right? Like your mother. I will say, Now, again, don't try this at home, right? And, and again, I will say, but, but you see, I will also, like for for a, for a father to say that to his son means that it was it was rocky right it was rocky so the gemar says ibah musir of yitzrak baray ein odam ze korasrach alameh story shona yada Here's what's interesting rabbi Sim rabbi huda taught from yitzrak his son that a person only finds life tranquility from his first wife shneemar yihim korach baruch ve sama be sama So I will say, yet there was another exchange, right? The other exchange was that Rabbi Huda said to Rabbi Yitzchak, his son, that a person really only finds true tranquility and true and true happiness from the wife of his youth, right? And again, once again, Rabbi Yitzchak asked his father, like who? And Rabbi Huda responded, like your mother. So one second. So which one was it? Was Rabbi Huda's wife the thing that was more bitter than death? Or ultimately, again, was she the source of his incredible tranquility? And I will say, listen to this, and the answer is, the answer is, both. So the Gemara says, Mas kif So apparently, Yehuda's wife, when she got angry, she got angry. She got angry. And again, when she got angry, it was, it was bad. It was bad. But to her credit, she was easily calmed. And when she was calmed, she was calmed with a, with a nice word, and when she was calmed, Everything was great. I will say also another credible yesod that marriage is rarely, is rarely, right? Everything great or everything bad. It's often this combination of both. There are good times and there are difficult times. And ultimately, again, successful marriage means the ability to manage. And I will say, how do you manage it? Like we saw, like Rabkhia did, Rabbi looked for the positive, looked for the positive, dwelled on the positive, bought gifts for his wife to recognize what she does for him and not to dwell on that which is broken. Incredible. Dami <laughs> Isharah. So I will say, ultimately was an example of a, of, a tarot, of an ishara of a bad wife. Amrabaye, mekashtalei Taka or mekashtalei puma. Which literally means she sets the table and also she sets her mouth. What, what, what does that mean? That she makes she makes dinner for her husband, but when he is a captive audience, because she is because she because he's eating, she like lets loose on him, right? She she just it's a it's a verbal barrage. It's a verbal barrage. And what is he supposed to do? He's captive. We' will say. I mean, give any man a choice between a good dinner but having to endure a verbal barrage. Okay, you know, dinner is dinner, right? You gotta eat. You gotta eat, right? will so, say. So so Lamaisa again. So she has a captive audience. She has a captive audience. For the for the verbal assault. Rava Amar Rava says, Rava says, interesting if she sets the table, but she won't sit down with him. That a husband who wants to eat dinner with his wife, so she sets the table, but ultimately again won't sit with him. By the way, I just I just want to point out, I just want to point out. Remember, the Uh that wasn't Ishara. Say, but the same Gemara also talks about that it's the husband's obligation to right the ship, right? In other words, it could be, it could be that there's an ishara, it could be that things are terrible. So remember again, say, we've had all these other Gemaras, things are terrible. The first thing when things are terrible is I don't look at my wife, I look at myself. I look at myself Because the marriage is often a spiritual litmus test of where I'm holding, what's happening with me, where am I holding life. So maybe there is an ishara, but Lemaise again, how is it a reflection on me? And what can I do to try to fix this situation? Once a person gets married, literally, again, his averos are plugged up, which means his averos are gone. Shenei mar Pasek says, Motse Isha Tov, so we we'll have to stop over here for today. Okay, I think we, we, we were fine, by the way. I will say, don't worry. We're totally on track. We're totally on track. It's at some point in Yavimus, we'll catch up with the Dath. And I will say, the Gemara is too good to rush through. Mirat Hashem will continue tomorrow. 5.45 again tomorrow morning. Mirat Hashem. Shkoya.